This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. Welcome to Dollars and Cents. I'm Elaine Scollin, along with Blair Manton from Sands & Associates. They're experts in helping you get out of debt. So we're going to answer a a question, an age-old question. Let's pretend that it is an (laughs) age-old question. And it kind of is. I mean, debt consolidation, uh, that concept's been around for a long time. Certainly bankruptcy has been around for a long time. So what Blair's going to do in this segment is weigh those two. Is it better to go bankrupt or do debt consolidation? So this is the criteria if you're struggling to decide whether to consolidate your debt or file for bankruptcy, uh, Blair's going to take us through some very key considerations that will help you weigh between borrowing, more borrowing or bankruptcy, as well as the third option that uh, can sometimes offer the best of both. So let's start with debt consolidation, Blair, something I feel like has been around for a long time, at least the term is. What are some of the pros and cons to weigh when it comes to uh, debt consolidation? Yeah, thank you, Elaine. It's such an important topic because just about everybody that we meet with at Sands & Associates, one of their first things they try to do when they find themselves struggling with debt is to try to consolidate that debt, to put it all together and reduce the interest rate. And let's spend a couple minutes just, you know, from a definition point of view, what are we talking about when we talk about debt consolidation? So most of the time, we're talking about something that you do with a lender, and it follows a basic concept that you borrow a lump sum amount from one lender. Maybe it's a new bank you haven't dealt with before or an existing bank that has one of your debts. So you borrow a bunch of money from them and you use these borrowed funds to pay off multiple other debts. So there's a number of ways that you could do this. Some of the common ways that you would do this through a lender would be a debt consolidation loan or even a home equity loan. Uh, Sometimes it's a loan line of credit or an overdraft, or sometimes it's a balance transfer to a credit card. Uh, Regardless of how you actually consolidate the debt, the advantages that you're trying to achieve here, uh, first off, is you're trying to simplify things. So you're going to have fewer monthly debt payments to juggle. You might have three or four or more different small bills each month. So putting them together, it's one due date, one payment that you can put into your budget. Life is more simple that way. Um, Ideally, you're going to free up your monthly cash flow and be able to save some money in the long term because the whole point typically to consolidating is you want to reduce that interest rate. So you might have a bunch of debt that's at a very high interest rate. And if you're able to achieve a lower interest rate on your consolidation loan, well, then you're ahead on a monthly basis on on a cash basis. Uh, And then you can generally have a clear timeline as when you're going to be paid off those consolidation loans. So a lot of consolidation loans are for a specific period of time. It's not the never, never plan. You might be on with a credit card where it's, hey, you make the minimum payment and it's going to be debt decades before you start to see yourself debt-free. So with a consolidation loan, it can be a more clear timeline. So those are some of the advantages. Well, what are the downsides? Well, it's really difficult to qualify for a consolidation loan, especially at really good interest rates, something that's going to help you solve the problem. Uh, you usually need to be able to prove that you have stable income 
and a high credit score. Um, and even those two factors might not be enough uh, for a bank to decide to take a risk because you know if that bank is going to be advancing their money, paying everybody off in full, they're going to want to have some assurances that that loan is going to get repaid. So sometimes a consolidation loan can only be approved if you're going to actually pledge an asset as security. Sometimes it's a vehicle, uh, sometimes it's an investment or something else, or what can be even more troublesome and definitely more emotional. Uh, sometimes they want to guarantee by a co-signer, uh, which we've talked a lot in the past about, you know, when is it wise to co-sign or to ask someone to co-sign your debt? Almost never is this a good idea. You add a whole extra layer of emotion. If you ever can't make those co-signed payments, um, those, those consolidation payments, your co-signer can be on the hook completely. Uh, and then in the future, if you decide you need to restructure your debts, maybe in a bankruptcy or a consumer proposal, you often feel limited in doing that because you know that co-signer is going to be on the hook. So you've got to be really careful if you're only able to get a approved for a consolidation loan by adding a co-signer, you might be adding more risk than there is benefits there. Uh, you know, another factor to consider is that the monthly payments and the cost of borrowing can be very high. So the concept of debt consolidation is that you're going to save money on a lower interest rate, but you need to make sure you've looked all the fine print, done the math and uh, worked out the total cost of borrowing before you proceed. There's a number of new debt consolidators that I've seen in the last three, four years where they'll agree to consolidate a debt, but they'll do it at 39.9% interest or 49.9, wow. something that just seems almost criminal. It's not quite because over 50 is criminal. So they stay under that. Uh, but you do need to be careful if you're getting a consolidation loan. Are you actually saving money or are you increasing your interest rate? Uh, I've seen that just too many times at this point where people were focused on a monthly payment, but didn't actually understand understand how increased their costs were going to be in the long term over interest. Um, and then finally, you just want to make sure that the term of the consolidation loan is something reasonable. I would suggest nothing more than five years. Shorter than that is, is even better. Uh, I've seen terms of seven, eight, ten. It's even possible uh, to consolidate debts over a 25-year period if you decide to roll them into your mortgage and pay it off like everything else. And you can imagine paying off a consolidation loan for 25 years. That's a long time before you can start to move forward. Wow, is that ever? That's crazy. That uh, that interest rate, though, Blair. Wow, mm -hmm. that is almost criminal. Well, um, yeah, so and, and it's, it yeah. really is. It's it's lender of last resort. So if you find that you're turned down by the banks, but you know you will be approved by you know this relatively new lender. I don't want to throw names out here, but folks will probably know if they start doing some research here. Uh, you definitely yeah. want to look at all the fine print because we're just seeing tons of this where people have done consolidation, thought they were doing the right thing, and just ended up with just an unmanageable interest charge each month. Wow, incredible. So before we get to the third option, uh, and you already know that you want to do something and you need to sit down with someone and talk about the best plan of action, whatever that might be, give Sands and Associates a call, sit down with someone and talk to talk to them about your next steps. 1-800-661-3030 is the phone number. Okay, Blair, another opportunity to talk about this third option uh, besides debt consolidation loans or bankruptcy. And I, I know it's one of your favorites. Definitely one of my favorites. It's the consumer proposal. And what's fascinating to me as a trustee and someone who also handles all of our, our online marketing is so many of our consumer proposal clients came looking for debt consolidation. They were either able to get a 
unable to get approved or only able to be approved at something that just wasn't good for them. But they didn't understand that a consumer proposal is another method of debt consolidation that you don't need to get approved for. Your credit rating is not a consideration at all. And what's powerful in a consumer proposal is first off, puts all your debts together. So it's that same simplification, just one monthly payment. But what's hugely different is your interest rate is literally zero. So not reduced down to something reasonable, literally cut to zero on all of your debts. And what's even more powerful than that um, is in a consolidation loan, of course, you have to pay back 100% of the principal plus interest. In a consumer proposal, it's very rare that a proposal calls for 100% repayment of the debt. If there's someone that has, you know, very significant home equity and could pay the debts in full, a proposal might have to pay the debts off in full as well. But for the vast majority of individuals, a proposal can reduce the debt often by up to 80%. So it can be a huge difference between a very high consolidation payment that might go on for years and cost tens of thousands in interest to a consumer proposal, which by law can't extend beyond five years, by law has no interest whatsoever, and is based on your ability to pay, which is usually some fraction of the total amount outstanding. Uh, with a consumer proposal, you've got the same protection from your creditors as you would have in a bankruptcy, but it's not a bankruptcy. It doesn't reflect on your credit the same way. You never have to answer, yes, did you do a bankruptcy? No, you did a consumer proposal. You avoided a bankruptcy. So a lot of the times when people are weighing debt consolidation versus bankruptcy, the third option of a consumer proposal really merits a serious look as well. And I just want to throw in here before we go to the next question that a licensed insolvency trustee is the only one who can facilitate a consumer proposal. Don't let anybody else uh, suggest to you that it's something that they can do if they're not a licensed insolvency trustee. That's so true, Elaine, and it's so key because so many people, when you start to research, they get you know dragged down a rabbit hole of, oh, you need an advisor, you need a referral, you need someone to guide you through this. You don't need any of those things. You see a trustee for free at Sands & Associates. We file proposals with no payments up front in every case. So we'll work with you to structure the proposal. If we decide it's you know, a $250 a month proposal, we'll file it, and you just start making those payments the month after. So there's no big barrier to accessing this, um, this option, the big barrier is just knowing about it um, and, you know, having the, the will to reach out for help. Exactly. So let's go back to bankruptcy for a second, Blair. When might bank bankruptcy make more sense than debt consolidation or a consumer proposal? You know, there's no single answer to when bankruptcy is best, but there's a number of factors that can kind of indicate whether someone's going to be able to be successful on a debt consolidation basis or if bankruptcy is a better option that's going to give them more certainty and ability to complete the process because you don't want to get into a debt consolidation, you know, three or four years in and suddenly can't make the payments because it was never set up for success from the start. So when a bankruptcy might be best is if your income is very low or if it's very uncertain. If your income fluctuates considerably, maybe if it's not documented, or if, it, if it's considered low by lender standards, you might not be able to get approved for financing through a lender. You might be looking at more than non-traditional lenders at very high interest rates. And even then, if your income does vary a lot or is quite low, especially in a current high inflationary environment, it just might not be a payment that you'll be able to make each month uh, without having to choose between you know food, heating, or debt payments. And we know exactly what's the right priorities to have 
have there. So the income is very important. Uh, sometimes if you don't have any assets, again, it can be really difficult to qualify for a debt consolidation loan because you'd be asked to pledge assets. If you don't have any, you can't do that. Uh, but it's also if you don't have any assets, well, bankruptcy can be that much easier of a proceeding. So most people keep all of their assets in a bankruptcy. But in some cases, you know, if someone has a significant investment or an RESP or something else like that, um, you know, they might be asked to surrender that if they filed the bankruptcy. If you don't have those, uh, those types of assets, bankruptcy is that much more of a streamlined um, process to go through. But the biggest issue is just you have the consistent ability to repay a portion of your debt. Uh, if you can't see on your monthly budget that you could repay even, you know, a third or a quarter of your debt uh, on a monthly basis, that's a good indication that probably bankruptcy is a better option for you to consider. And uh, and we talked about SANS and Associates or Licensed Insolvency Trustees, the only people that can facilitate. Uh, well, I want to say that you'd want to facilitate, a, uh, that have to do, facilitate a bankruptcy or a consumer proposal, debt consolidation. I mean, do you, uh, you guys don't even do that, do you? Well, no. So we don't lend any money. So as a right. trustee, we're right. not permitted to, you know, to be a lender. That would be an incompatible occupation. We wouldn't want to do that. But right. as part of our code of ethics, we have to be completely agnostic to whatever option a person chooses, as long as it's best for them. So if someone sits down with us and we can see, well, they've got a good income, they potentially could qualify for debt consolidation. That's something we'll recommend that they explore. We'll give them some referrals. A lot of the time, people have already done that, have already been turned down. So we say, okay, you've tried that option. Here's a few others that we can do. Uh, but if a trustee is your first call, you can, you can bet that the trustee would also explore debt consolidation options with you. Great. And that's really what I wanted to make sure and, and ask you about, because that's what I want people to do. I want you to be their first call because you're going to mm -hmm. give them all the options and work with them and, and figure out the best course of action to take. Uh, exactly. For information, again, with Sands and Associates, their website is sands-trustee.com. It's just filled with great information, questions and answers. If you want to give them a call, it's 1-800-661-3030. You're listening to Dollars and Cents with Blair Manton from Sands & Associates. We're going to talk about consumer proposal essentials. So we're going to learn about what a consumer proposal is and some key facts about them. Uh, consumer proposals are a very powerful solution that you can use to consolidate and cut debt and with their very unique legal standing. They're also Canada's number one alternative to personal bankruptcy. So Blair is going to explain what a consumer proposal is and who could potentially consider using one to manage the debt. So great, Blair, what's, what are the things that people need to know first off if they haven't heard about a consumer proposal? Yeah, I'm thrilled to be able to go through in detail about a consumer proposal. I've been a trustee for 14 years now, and I know the consumers are better informed than ever before. Previously, you know, people had no idea about a proposal. Now, still a lot of folks are coming in with a bit of an idea. Um, but for today, if anyone has never heard that term before, or maybe just has, you know, a, a bit of a, a surface level understanding of it, we're going to go through the detail here. A consumer proposal is one of the best ways people can consolidate their debt. It's a legal debt solution, allows you to combine all the debt together into a single payment and cut that debt down to what you can actually afford without having to do any borrowing, without having to qualify, without having to put up any assets as collateral, you're going to repay the portion of your consolidated debt that you can afford with one simple monthly payment. 
So if someone is sitting there with a debt problem and is thinking, okay, I've got a lot of debt right now and I want to be out of debt in five years, you know, one quick uh, calculation we ask people to do is, okay, take the amount of debt that you have and divide that by 60. What does that payment look like? Because if every, if all the interest were stopped and you had to get out of debt in five years, what would that payment look like? Well, with a consumer proposal, take that payment and reduce it by half or sometimes reduce it by up to 80%. That type of interest-free debt reduction is possible with a consumer proposal debt consolidation. So we work with a licensed insolvency trustee and only a licensed insolvency trustee can help you with a consumer proposal to repay the amount of the debt that you can afford and your creditors agree to write off the unpaid balance in full settlement of your accounts. So it might sound too good to be true, but I can tell you upwards of 85% of people that come to see us at Sands and associates each month now are choosing to file consumer proposals and those proposals are almost always accepted by creditors up to 99% of the time creditors will accept a consumer proposal there's very few qualifiers to do a consumer proposal and because they're so flexible it makes them a top choice in many different situations so in terms of what you need to qualify to do a proposal you have to owe more than $1,000 and less than $250,000 excluding your, your mortgage on your principal residence and if it's a joint proposal meaning perhaps a husband and a wife are going to be doing a proposal together that threshold is up to five hundred thousand dollars so there are very few people who have unsecured debt approaching anywhere near that so no matter how severe your situation might seem a consumer proposal is a worthy option to consider even if it's up to a quarter of a million dollars in debt just for yourself a thousand dollars is the minimum to do a proposal and i can tell you nobody files a proposal for just a thousand dollars in debt but sometimes people do file proposals for five thousand dollars in debt that's owed to high interest payday loan companies because they know if they don't do that well next month you know it's going to be higher and the year after that it may have doubled just based on interest so a proposal can be tailored to unique situations um, there's no income cap no asset restrictions and as i mentioned no credit check required so whatever your situation is a consumer proposal is based on your ability to pay it's not based on you having to jump through hoops and having a perfect credit rating a lot a lot of people do have perfect credit ratings when they do a proposal they're making all of their payments but they know that they're just never going to pay off their debt or they could have been delinquent on their debts for many months it really doesn't matter in a proposal because you're not doing any borrowing um, and what's important too is if someone has tried to consolidate their debts uh, through their bank they're often asked okay if we're going to give you this consolidation loan you know we want a cosigner or we want you to pledge an asset as collateral so that if you don't pay uh, the bank can make sure that they've got some recourse that is never a situation in a consumer proposal. You don't need a co-signer. You don't need to, to pledge assets. Uh, it really is the most powerful debt resolution option that you may never have heard of. And I just want to throw in too, uh, often the, I know there's concerns about when you're in a, in a partnership with somebody and I'm in debt, but my partner isn't, it, you really do this on an individual basis. And I, I just, it, that's correct, right? Yeah, there's nothing that would compel one spouse to file a proposal just because the other spouse did. There's nothing that automatically makes debts joint after a, a being married or cohabitating for a period of time. We've talked about that a lot on the show, Elaine. I'm sure we'll talk again in the future, but that's a common misconception. 
but it's yeah. certainly possible for uh, one partner in a romantic relationship. If all the debts and assets are separate, one person can do a, a remedy like a proposal and literally have zero impact on the other person's credit, assets, debt, or income. It doesn't impact kids, spouses, family members, only somebody who is already on your debts would you have to consider. And we would never encourage you to suddenly get co-signers involved if they're not already there. Just definitely don't enlarge the problem. Yeah, excellent. Okay. And so if, if you've been listening to this and you already know, okay, now I need to take some action because I'm not sure about my situation. I'm not sure about the details. I just actually don't know what to do. So the one, the number is 1-800-661-3030. Sands and Associates has offices literally all over British Columbia. So if you, you know, if you think or know that this is worth exploring further and you want to talk to somebody about it, that's the phone number. 1-800-661-3030. Also, their website, sans-trustee.com. You can access offices through their website as well. Um, what are some of the other advantages of a consumer proposal that can make them so appealing, uh, such a good option for many different kinds of people? Well, you can use a consumer proposal to consolidate virtually all types of debts, which is way more powerful than any other informal debt option that might be out there, like working with a credit counselor, for example. So a proposal can cover common consumer debts like credit cards, overdrafts, lines of credit, payday loans. Um, you know, those are pretty typical, but a lot of people don't understand any amounts that you owe to the government, things like outstanding income taxes, maybe it's a CERB overpayment at this point, student loans, um, even ICBC debt. Um, all of that can be compromised and dealt with in a consumer proposal, which is quite surprising for people. Other than filing for personal bankruptcy or making an arrangement to pay off your government debt in full, a consumer proposal is the only method of debt reduction that the government will ever accept in order to forgive your debts. And when you file a consumer proposal, it doesn't restrict you from accessing government benefits in the past. So just because you have a CERB overpayment now, it doesn't mean that you're not going to be able to get your Canada child benefit in the future or anything else that you're entitled to from the government. What you get when you file a consumer proposal is you get protection from your creditors, and that includes the government as well. So it stops CRA from being able to seize your bank account um, to start to, to garnish your wages or work with your employer. Every creditor is put on equal footing when you you do a consumer proposal, um, including the government. You know, another big example or big advantage other than they can cover just about every debt is that you're repaying your debt without interest charges. So what happens when you file a proposal is legally everything gets frozen. So a lot of the times people just feel hopeless. The debts are running away from them at 25, 30% or even more interest on an annual basis. They're making their minimum payments, but they're just not getting ahead. When you file a proposal, that interest is halted automatically. And that's a benefit that happens the day you sign the proposal without any negotiation or haggling. Uh, I think the final point of, of advantage here, and, and there are many, um, is it's going to be the lowest monthly payment of any of your consolidation options. So even working with a credit counselor, the best you can typically get is an interest freeze, but you have to pay all the debts back in full. With a consumer, when you do a, a consolidation loan, for example, you're not getting an interest freeze. You're hopefully getting a lower interest rate to save you a bit of money, but you're still paying the debt back in full. When you do a consumer proposal, you're paying back what you can afford. And it's not unheard of that people are paying back 20 cents on the dollar, 25 cents, 15 cents. You know, just that proportion that's going to allow you to live without undue hardship. That's what you're asked to pay back in a consumer proposal. 
and the terms are flexible. It's not the never, never plan. You'll be paying this for 10, 15, or 20 years. And if you look at your credit card statements, you might see you'll be paying your minimum payments for decades. Uh, in a consumer proposal, the maximum term is five years, and you can pay it off sooner at any point without any penalty. If things improve, and they often do once people are out from under the stress of debt, you can make extra payments to pay off that partial settlement sooner and then just move on with your life. Excellent. Um, in the remaining time, we've got about three minutes or so, Blair. So I know that there's other key facts about why proposals, um, how they work and why you think, uh, are, you know, just that are really important to highlight for folks. Mm -hmm. And I think the number one thing, and we've mentioned it already, or we also, we often mention it at least once a segment even, is that you have to talk to a licensed insolvency trustee in order mm -hmm. to do a consumer proposal. You cannot listen or buy into anybody else other than an LIT, uh, to do this kind of work. Exactly. It's not something you can do on your own. You can imagine the response you would get if you phone up the big bank that you owe money to and say, hey, how's 15 cents on the dollar payable over five years with no interest? You know, I might hear the, the laughter from here. Unfortunately, they're just not going to be interested in that. And there's no other professional other than an LIT that can help you. So if you see some advertisements that look like they're, they're advertising a consumer proposal, your first question to them should be, are you a licensed insolvency trustee? And if they're not, know that you are at risk of being scammed, of paying money that you don't need to pay and eventually just getting introduced to a trustee but probably after at least a few months of additional payments additional stress that you just don't don't need to go through uh, you know consumer debt management it's an area of expertise it's got a lot of complexity to it uh, and even accountants or financial planners they don't always know the ins and outs so you do have to be careful about where you're getting advice from and if you take nothing else away just understand that a licensed insolvency trustee is the person that can file a proposal not not anybody else in their stead and not something you can do on your own. And the great thing about working with an insolvency trustee is you don't need to pay anything to have a consultation, whatever it takes to help you understand before you commit to any pro process, you're not going to be out of pocket a single dime and everything is transparent. You're going to see exactly uh, what the proposal will do for you, um, how the fees work, and they're generally deducted from what you're offering to your creditors. So you're not bearing any extra cost of doing a proposal. It's all supervised through a government tariff. Uh, I think the final thing to leave people with is a lot of people think, well, what are we not mentioning? What's the catch here? It must destroy my credit rating. And it really doesn't. There is an impact to your credit rating, but it's short term. A proposal drops off your credit rating just as like it never happened. Uh, the earlier of three years from you pay it off or six years from the day that you sign it. So it's not as severe as a bankruptcy. And it's something if it's a five year proposal, literally a year after you're done paying it, it's gone. And you can be rebuilding your credit at any point, you can start with a secured credit card, you know, start paying all the bills all on time forever. And you will be in a much better shape after doing a proposal than you would be if you just hunkered down, tried to preserve your credit rating and just paid minimum payments forever. The key is to talk to people who actually know how to do all of these things and have the authority to do them. Remember, a li licensed insolvency trustee is federally regulated. The phone number to get a hold of someone from Sands & Associates anywhere in British Columbia, 1-800-661-3030. Or you can also go to their website, sands-trustee.com. You're listening to Dollars and Cents with Blair Manton from Sands & Associates, helping you get out of debt. We're talking about debt forgiveness in this country. Um, 
and the options that we have as Canadians for that debt forgiveness. We're going to find out some remedies under the Canadian legislation and which type of debt forgiveness solution might be right for you. Blair's going to explain, of course, Blair is a, a licensed insolvency trustee in this province and president of Sands and Associates, so he's got a big base of knowledge on this. And he's going to talk about options that consumers have for debt forgiveness and some things that you should know before seeking professional debt help. So Blair, what options do we have as a consumer for debt forgiveness and, and how, do I, how do I go about accessing that? Well, the first thing to know, and this is really good news, is that you do have options, uh, and there's not one, but there's two very different options that can legally forgive just about any type of consumer debt that you're faced with. Uh, the first option is by far the top choice for Canadian consumers these days. It allows you to cut your debts down to what you can reasonably afford to repay, with the unpaid balance being forgiven by your creditors and no interest charged ever. This is called a consumer proposal, and it's a very popular topic we talk about on the show all the time. I feel it's my life's work to make people aware um, of how this option exists and what it can really do for you. Uh, the second option to completely wipe out 100% of your debts and give you a financial fresh start is by declaring personal bankruptcy. Uh, it's important to know that those are the only two options that allow you to be legally discharged or released from your debt, and both options are only accessible through working with a licensed insolvency trustee like Sands & Associates. So contrary to what you might see on some ads online or things that you read somewhere, there's no government-sponsored debt program. There's no Canadian grant or loan that helps you pay off or forgive your debts. I've seen these ads in my inbox, same as everyone else. They are absolutely a scam, and you should not give them any sort of your time whatsoever. You need to be aware of some advertisements from debt settlement companies who actually make money by charging you from an un, for an unnecessary referral to a licensed insolvency trustee. So they might be ostensibly selling a consumer proposal, but they know they can't actually file the proposal. So the only way that they make money um, is by informing consumers about this option, charging them a fee. Again, it can be as low as $1,000. Sometimes I've seen as high as $5,000 dollars and then eventually introducing them to a licensed insolvency trustee who they could have met for free. So you've really got to be careful if you see something that looks like a consumer proposal or a bankruptcy. Your first question to ask when you're speaking to anybody is, are you a licensed insolvency trustee? Uh, and if the answer is no, and it's illegal for someone who is not a trustee to represent that they are, so that should be a question that's answered very straightforwardly. If the answer is no, my advice is to run the other way. Um, you need to be dealing with a trustee. Um, and again, it's not something you need to pay a dime for to get that professional consultation, that professional help uh, to see what, what you can do to move forward with either a consumer proposal, a personal bankruptcy, or even just any other things like just giving you the information you need uh, to make a good decision on your debts. Before we go any further with this, I just want to throw in your phone number just in case somebody's thinking, okay, now I know I need to do something. And it's 1-800-661-3030. Or if, if you're interested in reading a bit more, sans-trustee.com. That's the website and it's filled with great questions and answers uh, that are easy to understand yet really thorough. So you, you really get a good sense of, of your situation or of a situation that you uh, uh, you know, want to take some action on. So can you take us through, Blair, again, the proposal, the consumer proposal, um, what it is and how it actually works? 
because it's mm-hmm. pretty, I mean, it's, it's easy, but it's kind of complicated too. And, and it might be brand new information for someone as well. Yeah. The, the first time I heard of a proposal, obviously well before I became a trustee, I thought this can't be true. Like that this type of thing doesn't exist. It can't happen. And I can tell you it happens thousands of times a month in Canada, hundreds of times a month just at Sands and Associates. So what a proposal allows you to do is consolidate virtually all of your debts, freeze the balances, stop all the interest charges, and allows you to repay a portion of the debt, often as little as 20 to 50% of what's outstanding, and that counts as full satisfaction of the debt. So you pay back what you can afford, and the rest of the balance is legally forgiven by your creditors. Now, here's an example of what a consumer proposal might be, and these are real numbers that I see day in and day out. Uh, someone who owes $20,000, and it could be some debts to the government, to credit cards, to payday loans, whatever, they might offer a consumer proposal to repay 30% of this total amount. So instead of 20000 they're going to pay back about $6,000, and they could negotiate monthly payments of as low as $165 a month for 36 months. The unpaid balance, 70% of the total, is forgiven at the end of the consumer proposal. So I remember the first proposal example where I saw, I was like, are, are you kidding me? A $20,000 debt is going to be $165 a month for three years. You know, I couldn't believe that was possible. It absolutely is. Uh, a proposal can be a monthly payment over up to five years. It can be just a single lump sum payment. So if friends or family members want to help you out with your debt, um, they could help you by investigating a proposal and helping you pay off just the portion of the debt that you can afford, not having to pay off everything in full in a single lump sum. Uh, so the consumer proposal can include just about every debt that you're facing. I say just about because you can include child support, spousal support, all the typical things that you think you should never be able to compromise. But anything else, income tax, CERB loans, um, GST, just about anything that you could owe under the sun, credit cards, lines of credit, everything can be included in a consumer proposal. And there's no borrowing. There's no credit rating qualifier that you need to satisfy. A proposal is accessible to just about anybody, uh, in just about any situation. You just have to be not legitimately able to repay your debt at the present time. I was thinking about the debt forgiveness that we've talked before. We've talked about before. What about um, where more debt forgiveness is needed? Can you explain more about the bankruptcy and what the process looks like for that? Yeah, bankruptcy is always a last resort. So a lot of people come into our offices thinking, you know, they're resigned to their fate, they have to file a bankruptcy. And when we show them a consumer proposal, they just feel like, oh my gosh, this is this is a godsend. This is exactly what I need. They don't want to declare bankruptcy. But in some cases, if the debts are so severe, let's say it's a million dollar ICBC liability from an accident that wasn't covered, you know, you probably can't afford to pay back even 15 or 20 cents on the dollar on that. So what bankruptcy is, it's a legal solution that allows you to have debt relief. So full forgiveness of all of your debts uh, and start again fresh. So it's a scary word, but a lot of times there's a misperception about bankruptcy that it takes longer than it actually does, that it's more severe than it actually is. You know, bankruptcy is meant to give you a fresh start. So it's not the end of your financial career. In many ways, it's the beginning of a new chapter where you're going to start again with no debt. So what bankruptcy allows you to do is to have all of your debts forgiven. It gives you protection from your creditors, so they can't call you, harass you, take you to court, seize your wages, or do anything like that. Um, And in general, a bankruptcy is going to cost you a whole lot less than you would have to pay off your debts in full. 
The vast majority of bankruptcies in Canada are voluntary, meaning that you just meet with a trustee, you sit down, you sign some documents, do some intake forms. You know, it's usually a few meetings over a few weeks period, uh, but then you assign yourself into bankruptcy and you can't be rejected. Your creditors don't have to say, oh yes, we consent to this bankruptcy or no, we want to keep making this person's life a living hell. Uh, they have no input whatsoever. You have the right as a Canadian uh, or as anybody that lives in Canada to get relief from your debts through the benefits of a personal bankruptcy legislation. Uh, I think what people need to understand is that you can recover from a bankruptcy. It's not a permanent stain on your credit. Uh, bankruptcies for the first time, if you've never filed a bankruptcy before, it can be as little as nine months from the day the process starts to when you're walking out completely debt-free. Um, and it's going to disappear off your credit. So if someone pulls a credit report in the future, if it's been six years since you finished that bankruptcy, it's going to be gone. It's not even going to appear there. And what's really encouraging too is a usual recovery time from a bankruptcy is far quicker than six years. If you do the right things and we counsel you at Sands and Associates about how to set yourself on a good financial plan, it's as little as two to three years before you can even qualify for mortgages, car loans without crazy rates. Um, you know, bankruptcy can be the start of, again, a wonderful new chapter in someone's life, not the end of the story at the beginning of a better news story. And I know you're such a proponent of, of folks who are hesitating to reach out for help and that you understand that it's overwhelming and uncomfortable and all that stuff. And, and I, just, I just can't say enough good things about the folks at Sands & Associates, the, the people who I've met doing this show, just the thoughtfulness and the kindness and the, and the ability to take on these, um, you know, these situations for, and all situations are a little different. So again, the phone number to get a hold of someone from Sands & Associates who has has offices all over the province is 1-800-661-3030. Check out their website, sands-trustee.com. So this segment is how to help family or friends who face a debt problem. And my bet is that we all have at least one person or maybe two in our life where financial stuff is a struggle right now. So if someone you know is experiencing a problem with debt, there are some ways that you can help them move forward. And Blair's going to give some guidance on what you can do to support a friend, a loved one through these challenges and what you should avoid. Um, so Blair, let's start off. Would you say it's pretty common that people reach out to a, a licensed insolvency trustee for guidance to support someone who who's dealing with a debt problem my guess is maybe maybe not like you're we're sort of we sort of leave it up to the person to do that or what do you think in the majority of cases, the person with the direct problem that's reaching out, but it's certainly just myself, it's at least a few consultations a week for me. And sometimes it's just a quick phone call with individuals. You know, there's someone in my life that I'm cared that I care about. Uh, and I just want to try to give them some good information to, to move beyond it. So it's a service that we provide and we're happy to do that. You know, nice. quite often, and it's lovely to know. Mm -hmm. And it's lovely to know that people are reaching out and asking, mm -hmm. I need, I want to help this person. How do I do it? Because boy, oh boy, there's some things to avoid. And that's what I know you're going to talk about. So sorry for interrupting you. No, no, not at all. And yeah, it, it just shows that you care about the person enough, um, you know, to try to get them the right resources, knowing that unless you're a licensed insolvency trustee yourself, you probably don't know the, the complete lay of the land and how it all works, but you've got access to resources that will help you get there. So in yeah. terms of the, the type of people that tend to reach out on behalf of others, we often have parents calling for their adult children or children calling about aging parents or other relatives. 
Uh, we often have one spouse calling about the other, sometimes without that person's knowledge at all, sometimes with the person's knowledge, but they just still feel too ashamed. They want to have someone else have that initial consultation. Um, and really what they're trying to figure out is, am I going to feel ashamed about this? Am I going to be talked down to? Am I going to feel judged? So we can give some of that reassurance that we're real people just like you, and we're just here to help you out of a tough situation. Um, you know, sometimes they can get that much more comfort to encourage the person to come forward and seek help. Uh, sometimes it's close friends and even bosses concerned about an employee. There's a number uh, of bosses that I've spoken to over the years that, you know, care deeply about the person that's working with them. They can see the impact on them. And perhaps they've just been made aware by their payroll department that now this person's been sued for a debt. And, you know, literally 30% of that person's hard earned money, every paycheck is now going to pay off a debt. Uh, and they're just concerned on how that person is going to live. So often the person in the eye of the storm with the debt problem, they're overwhelmed and they're stressed, they're not able to reach out by themselves, they're just embarrassed or ashamed. Uh, and people can be very hard on themselves. They internalize a lot of self-blame when it comes to a debt problem. But the reality is, and I've learned this deeply over the last 14 years of being a trustee, is that money problems can happen to anyone at any time. And sometimes it's despite doing all of the right things. Uh, the latest surveys from our regulator, the superintendent of bankruptcy, said the top five reasons for financial difficulty reported were a loss of income, medical reasons, the COVID-19 pandemic, a relationship breakdown, or finally, the financial support of others. So for each of those cases, I really struggled to say, well, you know, what could you have done differently to help yourself? Um, but it can be really difficult to help people get out of that cycle of self-blame and judgment. But that can be one of the first things that's going to help somebody move forward um, is to really just accept they are where they are. And it's all about what you do in the future, not about making you feel ashamed about the past. Yeah, that's excellent because, boy, every one of those reasons all center around the pandemic alone. Like each of those mm -hmm. pe each of those reasons could have been uh, the pandemic has been the cause. And boy, oh boy, we had absolutely no, <laughs> no uh, pre-knowledge or help mm -hmm. or knew what control. to do, right? Yeah, everybody, exactly. yeah, everybody, yeah, no control. Everybody was struggling. So if you already know that you, you are fallen to this situation and you want to take some action, 1-800-661-3030 is the phone number and just to even sit down and talk with somebody and, and see if they can help you address the debt problem and see your best options forward. Blair, can you share some thoughts about how someone might start that conversation about debt and what are some helpful ways to start addressing the debt problem? Mm -hmm. A couple things you could consider is you could start by sharing a bit of your personal experience where you've struggled financially in the past. Just, just about anybody has had a point in their life where they felt, you know, a little bit anxious or maybe weren't sure about what to do. Um, and the person that you're trying to support, they might have no idea that other people have struggled similarly to that. So showing a little bit of vulnerability yourself um, can be really helpful. Uh, sometimes you can be a little bit more indirect and just talk about a financial literacy concept that you've recently learned or something that you're trying to improve on yourself. You might say, hey, I just discovered the other day that in the fine print on my credit card statement, it tells me how many years or decades I'm going to be in debt if I only make the minimum payments. I thought minimum payments get you out of debt. It looks like they're designed to trap you in debt. Have you seen your statements? You know, it could be mm -hmm. something along those lines. Uh, sometimes just asking kindly about how someone is managing financially following a life event or unexpected challenging circumstances. Um, so, you know, the sad situation of, say, a death of a spouse, you know, obviously 
obviously that can be so difficult in so many ways, but there's obviously a financial impact there. You need to be sensitive, um, but just not asking about it at all. Um, is that really caring about the entire person or is that just, you know, trying to avoid what could in, in some people's minds be an uncomfortable conversation, but maybe the one that's more necessary and will help the person move forward uh, and just letting them know that you're here to listen. You know, you can never force somebody to go forward and get help. They need to want to do that on their own. Um, we need to know that finances can have very deep emotional ties and that many people struggle for years before they finally are ready to open up and seek some help with their money problems. You know, feelings like shame, guilt, anger and resentment, those are really common. And the worst thing you can do is to express any type of judgment. That's not going to help. One of the best things that we do at Sands and Associates is, you know, we're humans, we'll react to a situation if something is bad, but we're not going to react with any sort of judgment. It's not going to help anybody who already feels like they've made mistakes to say, well, that was a pretty dumb thing. What were you thinking when you did that? Um, that's the, you know, how not to get somebody to tell you a little bit more about their situation. So they're not easy conversations to begin. In, but in, in, uh, encouraging that really open communication about finances in general, um, that's just the first step in making sure someone that you really care about is going to get the support and the access of the help or services that they need. I w I'd, I'd like you to, just in the last few minutes we've got here, um, you've already talked about you want to avoid judging or blaming or shaming that person in any way, shape or form. But there's some very good things not to do, like mm -hmm. that are physical things, like we've talked about co-signing for uh, giving somebody some assistance. Yeah, for sure. So a, a couple of things, you know, one thing that you can do and be comfortable about, you can help them get organized. So sometimes there's just so much going on, you know, even sitting there, okay, I've got the pad and paper, you tell me where the money goes each month, you know, that can be a really good first step, you know, it's very innocuous and just there to support. But a couple of things you absolutely don't want to do, as you alluded to, Elaine, uh, do not co-sign a debt for somebody else. You'll each be 100% responsible for repaying that balance. And then if the person needs our help to restructure their debt, they're going to be reluctant to take the best option for them because they know they're going to be hurting that person that came forward to co-sign. So please do not co-sign. Reach out for help before you ever consider doing that. Uh, be careful for yourself too. Don't use your credit to financially support somebody else. You know, it's the whole put on your oxygen mask before you help somebody else. You have to make sure that you're not going to be putting yourself in a tough financial situation. Uh, and don't cash in your assets or use your own credit um, to, pay, to pay the person's debt down. And don't encourage them to cash in assets either because you might not be aware of what's actually protected the number of folks that still compromise their RRSPs you know take money out of their retirement to pay debt because they just don't know it's fully protected uh, you know it just it just makes me sad as a professional so you know you want to preserve your own financial standing but you also want to make sure you're encouraging the person to get help from a professional who's going to tell them what they should and shouldn't do to move forward. If you want to check out Sands and Associates website, it's just filled with great questions and very easy to understand answers for very complex things at sands-trustee.com or you can give them a call at 1-800-661-3030. You're listening to Dollars and Cents with Blair Manton from Sands and Associates, helping you get out of debt. You've been listening to Dollars and Cents. See you next time. The proceeding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW.